Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, or as it go by on Celtics Reddit, Brutal Gash. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Also with us, Newcastle's finest, Jackson, a.k.a. Brickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going? I'm good, man. Good. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's been a, a spicy few days, wouldn't you say, in, in Celtics land. We, we, spicy. <laughs> we had the, the 22-point win, including, uh, at one point, a 40-point lead against arguably the, the best team in the bubble, the, the Raptors. Against a very uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically unspicy Pastor Wasiakam and the, and the Raptors. Unspicy P. <laughs> Mild P, as, as it Mild were. Mild P, yeah. <laughs> and then today we have, like this lazy win against the hometown team, the Orlando Magic, where out of pure laziness, the, the Celts put themselves in a difficult position, down five with less than a minute to go, uh, and then just like turned it on and came out on top. So Jackson, like suddenly there's not only signs of life, but signs of dominance or like ponage at times. So with all of that said, how have your feelings changed about the, the postseason ahead? If I cast my mind back to like prior to the bubble, again, I think we've, I've harped on about it before, but the form we were in going into lockdown, it was atrocious. So I, I was starting to err on the pessimistic side just a tad. Mm. Coming out of, the, uh, out of lockdown, obviously everyone's um, healthy, but we weren't that great in our opening couple of games. But you really have to attribute a lot of that to rust. Like some teams have done a lot better than others i think we've just we we were just a little bit slow to get going but it looks like we've really shaken that off and i think the fact that we're all healthy i think the fact that we're obviously like you know uh, playing lots of basketball helps no (laughs) doubt but like there's obviously there's obviously the the team chemistry and spirit must be pretty good because i think if it was bad it it would start to show like even this early in and and there's no signs of that it looks like they're all together so uh have my feelings changed yeah i think i'm a little bit more optimistic now i'm still dreading the the hayward having to bail for his kids so i thought we've (laughs) talked about that we'll probably talk about that again a little bit more but um not probably a little bit better probably a little bit better what do you think yeah well three straight wins will will do that to you and you know like we said today it wasn't the most convincing win but i i personally felt like the celtics were always in control of the game maybe mm-hmm. with you know five down with 48 seconds left or whatever it was i was i was beginning to resign that maybe we would lose this meaningless game and yet like there they were they just seized control tatum goes on a little mini run to end the game there 
um, and then obviously is strong in overtime, mm. and they pull out the W, and it didn't feel like super triumphant or anything at the end of the game it was like yeah they, they, they won They beat, even though it went into overtime and there were some clutch shots and there were these theoretically amazing moments in the game it, it felt like a not amazing game for yeah, lack of a better it, term it was yeah it, even watching the highlights back it just didn't have a very you know um close overtime because <laughs> the game went into overtime like I've, I've completely forgot about that already um yeah because it ultimately was meaningless but if if you could if you could give Brad Stevens way more credit than is probably possible, it wouldn't be fun to think that they like drew up a situation where they were down five in like a, <laughs> in a close game. It's like, all right, guys, now we're here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Got to get out of it. Let's give it to Tatum. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Job done. So if that was the scenario, outstanding. But yeah, it just was. It was just very lackadaisical until until it mattered, which is completely fine by me. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of optimism or, or lack thereof heading into the postseason, I think since this Nets game, right, is when things have really turned around and that that begins completely with the defense. Uh, I covered this with um, Alexander Williams on the on the previous podcast where as long as our perimeter guys are, are zipping off these screens and, and chasing with um, like this uh, like uniformed Marcus Smart level of intensity if everyone is doing their best to, to match the intensity that we're used to with Marcus Smart suddenly mm. the defense comes alive um, and and suddenly we're looking good and then suddenly we're out in transition after turning teams over uh, we're creating space uh, we're creating momentum guys get hot they start hitting their shots not only in the transition game but in the half court game as well after a little while then mm. we start to become this best version of ourselves the, the Celtics that is it's the collective ourselves obviously and we, we start to become this team that pundits were saying could could make a lot of noise in the postseason um as we were ramping up towards this bubble thing and here we are and i think we're starting to see that we are that that version of the team um there's there's nothing more lame in my opinion than bill simmons doing a two-hour podcast with ryan rosillo today and not talking about the celtics at all because he he did sort of (laughs) shit on them in his last podcast which was all about the blazers and then today I, i was excited to hear him gush over them a little bit which is every Celtics fan's like biggest indulgence when when Bill Simmons like commits to like ten minutes of material on the Celtics. Yeah, really thought they'd earned it, and uh, and today he just didn't deliver at all. I thought that was very disappointing because I personally am am very excited by them going into this postseason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, B- Bill Simmons, he, I, he's obviously like a, a big big Celtics fan. Like, you know, I'm not going to claim his be. credentials or whatever. Yeah, he claims to <laughs> I'm be. Disappointed. Like, yeah, I, I wonder how much he curves his like love for them, like or just like exaggerates when they're like playing down to not come across as a homer. But like, surely you would just lean into that to a degree. I, I don't know. I, I'm not asked about Bill Simmons either way. <laughs> I used to be. I used to I, like when I was first getting into basketball. I was like, oh man, this guy's really good. He knows everything. But I don't know. Do you find his stick a little bit sort of like eh, yeah, like from time to time? I have been lately. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's just him. He's like. He used to, he was like the counterculture kind of guy, right? When he was younger sure. and he sort of invented the whole sports podcast thing. And now... And 30 for 30, which is fantastic. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and now he's kind of, he's found this groove as like the old guy, almost along the lines of Cal- Colin Cowherd or whatever his name is. Um, I don't know, like he's just not bringing those fresh takes anymore. Or if, or if he is trying to, they're, they're like cliche Simmons takes, if that makes sense. 
Anyway, yeah, sure. Let's not get bogged down in the in the world of uh, Bill Simmons. We've got we've got better things to talk about, like the Boston Celtics. Uh, I guess yeah. I want to get into like it's all right for us to say that we're feeling a bit more optimistic based on these three games. But like, why? What what specifically from these last couple of games? I guess we can include the Nets game in there as well. Aside yeah. from the defense, have have maybe increased your level of optimism or not, Jackson? Um, the defense has been encouraging. I think um, uh, Jalen Brown has been particularly encouraging. The, the Magic game was probably more about Gordon Hayward, but I think if you just look at the three games collectively together, like the, the, the Nets game was a game, despite the Nets beating um, the Bucks the night before, was a game we really should have won, and we, we smashed them. Like, it was really <laughs> satisfying to put on 149 points I think we ended up with. Then, you know, you expect the Raptors game to be this really tense, um, you know, playoff preview, potentially. Um, and, and we stomped them, too. Like, even worse to, than, than the Nets, to some degree, too. And it wasn't like... Uh, the Raptors were well they they were pretty bad let's be fair but I think I was probably a little bit guilty of of thinking uh, as I was watching that Raptors game yeah we got them on a really bad night and the shooting would definitely suggest that so you can't deny that but I think what we did defensively as, as well as on the offensive and particularly in the third quarter but throughout the whole game really was just dominate and you could just feel that's a real a real confidence booster for the squad so as lazy as today was like I said before you know, we, we were lackadaisical and didn't, until we we couldn't be anymore. We had to execute, mm. and we did. So, uh, there's at the moment, it's just going to be a bad matchup that's going to come that's going to hurt us. And w- whether that's in the shape of Joel Embiid or whether that's in the shape of you know Bubble Jordan, TJ Warren, you know whoever <laughs> that ends up being that sixth seed, um, then that'll be a test. But I mean, from what I've seen so far, I, I'm. I think we can take, match it with anyone, particularly in the first round. So beyond that is where, you know, we'll have to see where we really are. Yeah, and I do want to get to the Sixers in a little bit because obviously there's been some interesting developments there. But as far as the, the takeaways from these games to to give cause for optimism, if, if I ran into someone in the street and in passing and they were like, quick, give me give me one take on this on the Celtics team from the last couple of days, I got to go. I got to get this train. I, I would say, yeah, that, that, that third quarter, right, against the Raptors where they did mm. hit back and they went on a quick run at the beginning of the third quarter. I'm sitting there with my wife watching the game uh, and I'm starting to stress out so much at this point thinking, here we go, here we go. The fucking yeah. Celtics, they're going to drop this game. The Raptors, they're so good. Of course, they're going to come back. This is it. They're going to be up by 10 by the end of this quarter. Uh, and they just punched them back like twofold. They just hit them back square in the nose came back and dropped i think a 21-7 run or something like that um yeah. maybe those numbers are completely accurate um but at that point when they hit back like for the first time in ages i feel like because obviously we didn't do that against the blazers a few games back that was yeah. a sign to me that okay this this team is ready for something more than we had anticipated uh, and they they haven't really dropped that vibe i don't think since then obviously there's only been one one game since then but um that's a new feeling i think that uh we're sort of picking up from this team a new vibe uh, and that to me is the biggest thing you know carrying forward into the into the postseason did you feel that yeah. as well that was a very profound moment, yeah, particularly like looking back on it, yeah, too, because it was, even though that that Toronto run came, it was the manner in which it came, like Kemba got stripped by Kem, uh, Fred Van Vliet and it was uh, a layup, I think that was for a 7-0 run or something like that, and then, yeah, the manner in which we responded 
was particularly you know impressive and in in the face of it all like yeah in the context of how how you put it like the the leads that we have surrendered to the likes of the blazers and going back pre-lockdown um which was just mind-bendingly just horrific to sit through and witness because you just knew it was coming um by like the third or fourth game the oklahoma city game holy shit um (laughs) just remember that um And we don't look like doing that anymore, don't we? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it, not it at look all. way more solid and way more just mentally composed, and we can recognize when it's going wrong and and, and arrest that. And uh, that was, I, I guess, more to um, the point today too, when we when we did execute something that also occurred to me during the, the Raptors game is the Raptors we have been so horrifically bad against in Toronto. The Raptors aren't in Toronto anymore. I think we have the edge over them. Like, I mean, the home court always counts, but like, you feel like the Raptors, that's a particularly, that's a really tough trip. I would say that's a tougher trip than Milwaukee, mm. even if Milwaukee's a tougher team. So now that's negated. And I think that's going to play well into our hands if we do meet him in the second round. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I read that we we ended up three and one against the Raptors throughout the, the season, yep. including, you know, one beat down on them in their house Christmas. On, on Christmas Day. So, um, so like we obviously match up against them quite well. And uh, if we can get past this, what looks to be the Sixers team in the first round, which again, we'll get to very shortly, then I'm not unhopeful is unhopeful the right word i guess i'm not as ter- i'm not as terrified of the raptors as i was a week ago put simply yeah. uh, to see uh it, it it repeated in this bubble environment that yes we can beat them we've done it earlier in the season now we're doing it again um, and at the same time we seem to be sort of recalling our identity that that celtics fans have come to love about this team uh so far this season speaking of coming to love things i've come to love this uh, Utah Jazz version of Gordon Hayward that we that we saw today that mustached is sort of, Gordon Hayward, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he has been elevating his game gradually since he arrived in Disney World, and we saw his game elevate again today um, against the Orlando Magic, and he had this burst that I don't think we've ever seen from him by the first five minutes of the opening game against the the Cavs. Um, if you want to cast your mind back to that moment in time. Uh, he's looked great. He's looked fantastic. And he was blowing guy by guys. He was getting up and dunking. Like he was really sort of exploding off both feet, it seemed. And I really think, we've said this before, Jackson, we're going to get to this point where we're firing on all cylinders. You know, we're in the, the popular media. Celtics look like they're going to make it out of the East. This is going to happen. And then Gordon Hayward's child is going to be born. And very rightfully so on his part, he's going to leave the bubble and we're going to lose one or two back-to-back very integral games in a deep postseason series. And that's mm-hmm. going to be that. I feel it. Yeah. Did we unpack this a couple of episodes ago? We what touched we on it. It yeah. would probably only be like four days or something. No, it would be like five or no, it would be like there back a day, day and a half, two days. It's like seven days. Yeah. So if we time it right and maybe like finish off the East fight, the East finals, and then in like four and perhaps the West finals is going to seven. <laughs> yeah. And then we can probably have him back for game one. That's like, yeah, assuming it goes down that way. But um, uh, yeah, Gordon has been fantastic. Gordon has been outstanding. Uh, we attributed a lot of Tatum's issues to his hair and by getting rid of it was also better. Well, maybe some facial hair has just been what's necessary for Gordon to get back to <laughs> um, what, what, what he needed to be and what, and what he could be all along. Um but no, way more confident. That explosiveness that you touched on, um, that's back uh, for sure. Um, he's still such a great 
like almost primary ball handler, ball handler, like almost like better than Kemba, but when it comes to like just purely like playmaking um, situations. So having him to be able to utilize that and be like a- able to capitalize uh, by driving to the rim in particular mm-hmm. or being on the end of like a Marcus Smart or a Jalen Brown bouncing pass from half court, which he happens to be on so often. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's that's the most that's probably the, the the biggest surprise or the most pleasant surprise out of this um lockdown like we've, we've kind of tentatively met our expectations coming out of it but to see hayward kind of take a step up it seems at least in the last few games today in particular um yeah it makes you dread the thought of him leaving <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah yeah what well, what, do we, what do we do <laughs> i don't know i mean today to t- 12 of 18 from the field 66.7% field goal 31 points, bunch of rebounds, bunch of assists, only one turnover, uh, six free throw attempts, which I think is huge. Uh, it, just an all-round awesome, awesome game. And what was crazy is in that second quarter where he got like scorching hot, we only got on the ball every third or fourth possession. A couple of times mm-hmm. where like Shemi Ojale jacked up a shot and I'm like, man, fucking Gordon Hayward is right there. And yeah. he's so hot. Like, you know, love you, Shemi. You're, you know, you're this... Uh, meme favorite on, on twitter and, and reddit and whatnot but like come on like recognize the situation and get this guy the ball um yeah. still ended up with 31 points hayward but um I, I can only imagine how many points he would have ended up with had we got him the ball fed the hot hand if you will in that moment but still still very exciting mm, yeah he's, he's had those games earlier in the season like pre-handbrake where he just didn't like miss at all the the Cavs game what was he eight 17 of 20 or 18 of 20 or something ridiculous like that yeah so when he's when he's hot he, he stays very hot so fingers crossed yeah i think he's one of the the most entertaining guys to watch when he's in his groove like that but just because like he, he's not wowing you necessarily with athleticism or particular skill it's more a feel for the game uh, and, and to watch him get in that group, particularly when he has like Tatum and Brown and, and Kemba, sometimes Marcus Smart at his disposal, to watch him like sort of, you know, get in the lab, so to speak, and, and work in that way <laughs> when he's really cooking like that is really a lot of fun. Maybe some of the yeah. most fun I've had watching games uh, for, for a little while. So cool to see. Gordon, Hopefully more of that. Gordon Hayward, the scientist. The mad scientist, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> I love it. The mad scientist. It's great. <laughs> he's, he's got chemistry. He's cooking it. A couple of uh, other players cool. we, should, we should get to just in, in combination from the last uh, two games. Jason Tatum, not super efficient tonight against the Magic 10 for 24. Obviously very clutch down the stretch. And it has been, there's been yeah. a couple of games now in the bubble where We've been in these tough situations. I think Portland was another example of this. And our guys, you know, it sucks that they got into that position where they had to fight it out so late in the game against sub-500 teams, but they have executed consistently. And, you know, talking about optimism heading into the postseason, guys who can execute in those situations, that's a really good sign. Anything else you saw from from JT Jackson in this one or the Raptors game that sort of, you know, I want to see more of that in the postseason? Oh man, yeah. Um, the efficiency today, I mean, like aside, like the cl- it's all about his his clutch play, you know. Particularly the the uh, the, the tip back uh, uh, missed shot. I think it was from from Jalen, and, and he, he got it straight to to Tatum, who who hit that shot. That was clutch. And then the spin move again, so to actually tie it up. Like I, I had no doubt he was going to miss it. Totally, and I, I kind of wanted it to lose. I kind of wanted this to be to be over. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and it was just like because. Um, I think he went down on his elbow at one stage and stayed down for a couple of seconds. And I was like, oh, no, 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 please, God. But he just got up and it was okay. So the thought of that happening is is, is horrific. But 
so, so almost with that like subconsciously loaded to be like this wouldn't be the worst thing if this just ended now when he shook his dude I was just like oh that's in and just went in and like normally I would be like punching the air and disrupting my my co-workers when something like that happens and I just I just kind of smiled and went ah okay over time <laughs> suppress the joy yeah so I would I would I would love it if Tatum could could continue to like just still be magnificent even when I'm unimpressed or wanting him to be and <laughs> and, and and also like delivering uh yeah like how he does I'm, I'm rambling now sorry man no no the only thing I wanted to add to that is it was Kemba who got the offensive rebound uh tap back to to Hayward to force it to overtime and the reason that's notable is because it's, it's basically the only decent thing that Kemba did throughout the whole game yeah um, that's probably yeah. one anomaly from this one is that Kemba has looked great throughout the bubble and just did not look great today and Marcus Smart's shot has disappeared again which I, I guess is to be expected and because he does so many other good things particularly defensively it's like all right his shot's going to come and go we'll take it but Kemba not looking great today and um, that's probably something where we can generate even more optimism heading into the postseason if he can somehow pick that back up again but it's only yeah. one game yeah, man. When when Marcus Smart shoots three of ten and still outscores the starting point guard, it's mm-hmm. like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little a little concerning. Wanamaker has been serviceable, but like you you do not expect him to be the the, the top scoring point guard um, at all. So yeah, now Kemba needs. Um, he was looking good, so I'm going to give him the benefit of doubt and just say it was it was an off night. Everyone has them. Like, I mean, Daniel Tice on paper tonight on his stat stat line uh, looks awful, but I thought he was he was decent. But you know, it was a very very different feel um, for Kemba, indeed. So uh, yeah, good thing he did get that tap back to uh, to Tatum to, uh, to to cut it to two. So um, that's a, that, that's okay. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sh- I, I think I think in the next couple of meaningless games where Kemba can sort of just have a have a shoot around like pressure off i think we'll see him kind of i think we'll see him get over 20 in one of the final games i'm sure yeah yeah i hope you're right that's if they play at all and i think we if they play at all it, yeah it's, fair good, point. it's gonna be interesting with the memphis game like how obviously the front office wants us to beat memphis so that they lose and have as little chances making the postseason as possible for draft pick reasons but does mm. that trickle down to the team like can brad stevens in a in a player meeting say hey guys um uh, you know, I, I realize this might not mean much to you, but can we please win this game against and, and you know play your full uh, minute allocation against the Grizzlies because it means in a year's time we get a really good draft pick. And I realize that doesn't really impact or benefit you at all, um, but that'd really be doing us a solid as, as an organization. Yeah. Like, does that does that carry down to the to the players? I, I get the feeling he wouldn't have to explain it like that for the, <laughs> I hope you're right. for the players to, to, to get it. They, they would, I, I think if, if a lot of these guys are young, so they would grow up on social media and they would be buy into the whole, you know, Reddit, Twitter sort of like uh, sphere of, of like of trades and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think they would be aware of like how the system works and what the implications are for beating teams that you own the draft picks of and, and so on and so forth. So I think they would understand if, if the, the word was, all right, guys, we're going for it tonight. I'm like, okay. Um, but at the same time, if, if, if Brad Stevens decides he's, he's just playing the bench from now on, um, I guess that could potentially cause some somewhat of a rift in, in the front office. But again, I think what we're more likely to see is just all the guys play limited or like reduced minutes and I don't know, see how it goes. Because yeah, you, you would expect Memphis to be 
to play somewhat hard against us. They're still in yeah. the hunt for um, a playoff spot, very much so. They're going to have to get in that play-in game. Um, and at the moment, I would probably put all of the three teams below them more likely to, to, to win that play-in game than they would. So they need to get together together soon, I think. Um, and that could end up with an ugly, tough game that we don't really want our guys taking part in. So yeah, exactly. It's an interesting, it's interesting, yeah, prospect. What, what would you think? What, what, do you expect to see a full team in the next two games or at least the next one? Well, no, I don't think so. We've got this this three seed locked down. Uh, I, I, I guess I expect to start a full team and maybe similar to the scrimmage games, play them to a point where we keep them in rhythm. But keep them rested, especially Kemba with the knee situation. Like, keep that guy, um, you know, on ice for the playoffs. Yeah. Literally, like, put ice on his fucking knee and keep him off the court. <laughs> keep uh, him in the pool. Yeah. There's so many pools. He can just chill there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, no, I mean, I, I, I don't expect the full minutes allocation. Um, but I guess I just thought it would be interesting to um, to see whether we go all out against the the Grizzlies for the interest of a pick that has no impact on the, on the guys on the court. So, uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um couple of comments from Reddit users in the post-game thread. User JordanWolf98 said, JT scared me shitless a couple of times with the way he landed. I don't know if you noticed, Jackson. Mm. He, was, he was kind of slipping all over the court there. Uh, he says, wish we would have went to JB more in overtime. Since we're locked into that three spot, maybe we should have sit some guys. So um, kind of echoing our point there a little bit. And, and user Shampoo Monk writes, there were some f- fantastic plays from Hayward. Tatum stepped up with some clutch shot and Smart's passing has been better over the years. This team is looking great. They are playing with some consistency after some unadulterated rust. Um, mm. So Shampoo Monk mentioned Smart's passing there, which kind of segues into the Time Lord, Robert Williams. We, we'd be remiss not hey. to mention him because he's been part of this this cause for optimism moving forward, right? Where like suddenly... 100%. We're like, we got ourselves a fucking bench guy, right? Like he comes in, he's got an impact. Like that's awesome. I know Brad Wanamaker is t- doing a little bit of that as well. Um, but the idea that we've got a big who can come in plays a different game to Tice. Suddenly, we're throwing lobs to Lob Williams in the paint, and like that's a, a immediately we're changing our mode of scoring as soon as he comes into the game. That's just a, a really spicy yeah. new ingredient. I found it incredibly encouraging that he got thrown into the Raptors game ahead of Enos Cantor. Totally, yes. Anyone and he kept Enos Cantor out of that game. <laughs> that that that's that's looking into the future. I think. I think he's probably not going to play him as early. But you can see in situations where we might be struggling against a dominant big, a la Embiid, a la Giannis, you just get the feeling like Brad might just give him a go a bit more. And I would just go giddy for that because I still love Robert Williams so much. And yeah, getting Time Lord back with the signature dunks, with the big you know throwdowns and lobs and whatnot, his passing's decent. He's starting to hit outside shots. Still limited minutes, but man, I'm, I'm loving the fact that he's back and, and looking like a contributor yeah no absolutely really he really is contributing out there and it's really good to see and on the defensive end like it's really bothering he's not getting a lot of blocks but he's really bothering a lot of attempts at the rim which is something that we've been lacking he played some good d on Serge Ibaka the other day totally completely shut him down it's awesome and he was hitting the mid-range shot as well he had like almost like a it wasn't really a fadeaway but it it was kind of like this lean back I guess technically it was a fadeaway over Serge Mm -hmm. Ibaka that was really good to see uh, before we move on to the the Sixers, because it is important to get to, it looks like we'll almost certainly be facing them in the postseason. User Master of Charm Zero made a post three hours ago as of recording this podcast. Uh, let's not forget to give Jalen Brown credit. 
Hayward and Tatum yeah. played great today and they deserve all the praise, but let's not forget to also give credit to Brown. Brown made a couple of key plays for the game and he had 12 rebounds. He honestly looked great out there and he was very impactful. He has played great since he has been in the bubble. And then the first comment is from user Jaded who writes, do you even read the subreddit? <laughs> Brown, <laughs> Brown gets tons of credit, which you know both, both points are correct. But I think that's a really good thing to touch on that Jalen Brown... Yeah. Um, like when he's in his groove that we need him to be in, he, he almost goes unnoticed because he's kind of just like filling in the gaps from guys like Kemba yeah. and Haywood and Tatum. You can never give Jalen Brown too much credit, man. I love that, man. man. <laughs> um, but uh, third quarter against the Raptors, those three threes, two from the corner, and then one that was kind of like a heat check. That was just that was just dagger after dagger after dagger. Um, it, yeah, he's been fantastic. Some of the finishing even today at the rim, like going around Vucevic, yeah. was was great. That's so unlike the last you know few years of his career, Jalen Brown. So um, his improvements phenomenal. He something that's great about this team is one guy can sort of take the lead and be the dominant one. Like tonight it was Haywood, for example. One night it's Tatum. Brown has his nights in there. Sure. Like Kemba rarely can get in there. But like at any one time, the guys who are like normally one or two or three, particularly two and three or four, I, I, you know, you know, you get them out. They can just totally. change and they can be, you know, the X most important player on the team at any one night. And I don't think anyone's ego sort of gets in the way of that. So, and Jalen's character, I think, is a big part of that and i think he just buys into the to the to the to the game and the plan and he's he's capable he's getting better every day yeah he, awesome. he, there's an element he brings to the team that marcus smart brings joe uh talks about it all the time on this podcast ticker and it's something tucker. That, yeah tucker <laughs> it's something that that jalen brown brings that um hayward and tatum just because of their personality type i guess maybe aren't as capable of bringing uh, and so that really contributes to the identity of this team. And, you know, Kemba's great, but the, the three wings, uh, it seems like Brad's got the rotation worked out where there's always, almost always one of them on the court at all times. And mm. it does allow for them to each have a turn of, of, of like cooking a little bit. Like we saw today at the six minute mark of the first quarter, Tatum went out and that's kind of what started Hayward cooking a little bit because he had more shot opportunities. And Hayward went out later, Brown, Brown came back in, Tatum came back in, and that rotation just keeps going. And I think that that's the identity that we're looking for and we're starting to to pick up on and, and output a little bit on the court there. So that's yeah. really good to see. Um, we're almost out of time, but we should get to the sixes very quickly. Uh, just been refreshing Twitter. Um, nothing new has come out as of right now, as of 7, 16 p.m. Monday night. Australian Eastern Standard Time if you care about where I am in the world but what I'm getting at is we don't know anything more about about Joel Embiid's injury and it could just be a sprained ankle it probably is but I will watch the replay not that I'm hoping for anything like obviously I don't wish injuries upon anyone especially our injury history Um, but it was a non-contact injury and his big man and like feet and lower extremity uh, industries injuries can be a problem and it looks like that's what he's copying there so um i don't know did you see that jackson did you have any thoughts or takeaways from that yeah i did what was the stanchion is it stanchion is that what you said yeah i think that's it stanchion the the paul george Um, leg breaky thing yeah (laughs) um those things don't give you know what i mean the floor doesn't give obviously either but like um I don't know what I'm getting at. I'm not a medical expert here, but <laughs> it didn't look that bad to me. I think it's probably more of a precautionary uh, take, but he did look like he was in pain. Did look like it was sore, but you know, we've all sprained ankles before to varying degrees of severity and, and they suck. So in a game that's, 
I guess it means something to them. But at the moment, if if you were a Philadelphia 76ers fan, even given the record that you hold over the Celtics this season, would you be feeling optimistic going against the Celtics, looking how we're looking and no Ben Simmons? Or would you rather try your luck against um, the Pacers, for example? Would it be Pacers or the Heat that they would play? I think it would be the Heat. The Heat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did not research that ahead of time. <laughs> no, no, neither did I. But, but did you get what I'm saying? Like, would they particularly be excited to go against us, even though Embiid kills us on the like regularly? Like, look, if I don't think I'd be that optimistic, if, to be fair. If I was a Sixers fan, just in general, my outlook on life would be bleak. Let alone, be let alone any upcoming <laughs> playoff series. Like, that's I don't know, the Horford uh, contract. There's a lot yeah. going on there. Still got my Brett Brown uh, voodoo doll here, <laughs> running yeah. out of spots to put pins. Yeah, it's not working. I've removed yeah. pins at this point. There's enough yeah. pain going on naturally in his <laughs> life. <laughs> Why don't I just take the pins out? <laughs> Maybe they will get better. Uh, yeah, I mean, fuck. I, I, we could say all the stuff that feels natural to say, like, you know, without Simmons, even if Embiid's there, there's just not enough going on for that team on either end to, to worry anyone in the postseason. Um, but one thing that, that struck me was Al Horford, he was part of, like, one of the best playoff runs we've seen in recent Celtics history. And he arguably led the hospital Celtics to game seven of the conference finals. And Kyrie Irving was out. Gordon Hayward was out. Your, you know, your mm. Simmons, your Embiid's caliber players were out. And this hospital Celtics team led by Horford, you know, put a run together and went deep. And they played pretty well today after after Embiid went out. And that worries me a little bit. I'm very superstitious and I'm I'm, I'm hesitant to say like, oh, you know, fuck these guys. They're, the best two players are out. Simmons is definitely out. Um, like we're going to run over them. I, I still am for whatever reason, a little bit terrified of them. I don't know if that comes from a place of um, insecurity about our team, the Celtics um, or, or something else, but I, I don't have a lot of confidence. Um, yeah. I just, I, I, I won't feel still, good until it's over. Still would, <laughs> still would rather not play them. and still would rather play the paces, right? I guess, but then you've got Bubble MJ, you know, with TJ yeah. Warren there. So there's there's not an easy path through to the finals. Um, no. But jo- Joel Embiid bothers me, and he's not a body type that the Raptors possess. Um, and I feel like of, of all the player archetypes that could really give us trouble in the postseason, Joel Embiid, if, if utilized correctly, could be the most damaging to us in terms of we don't have that much we can throw at him defensively. Yeah, yeah, no, we we don't really have an answer for him, and we haven't had an answer for him since uh, Horford left, and to an extent, Baines as well. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I uh, <laughs> it would suck if Horford just just became Al Horford again against us and was averaging like twenty and twelve, yeah, and just it passing me. it about. Yeah, that would suck, but he doesn't. I haven't watched a lot of Sixers basketball, to be fair. All I hear is he's been trash. Yeah. He looks like he's getting somewhat better as of late because he, he has to be, and he's probably starting more. So that suits him a little bit more. But at the end of the day, like you feel like the Sixers fans just want to get rid of him. Yeah. And the Celtics loved him. Like really, really like loved his wife in particular. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it was, yeah, he was the best. And like, you talk about like how he led the hospital Celtics. Like you think about that playoff run and yeah, you think about 
you, you think about Scary Terry, you think about uh, Brown and, and Tatum. Yeah, it's, it's like Horford still was like definitely the leader of that group, but still doesn't quite come to mind immediately about that run. And it's you know he's he's he was so good for us for so long, so it's a bit sad to see him now. So um, so crap. So I guess there's a part <laughs> of me that if he like kind of got it together and won a good playoff run, that would be great. But uh, hell no, 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 not against us. I don't see it happening. I just don't think Joel Embiid can win four games against us on his own. If you've got Tatum playing the way he is, if Hayward's already had his kid in his back, and if um, if, if Brown as well too is on his game, I just don't think there's an answer that they had possess for those three that are working, and then the smart as well too. I, you know, yeah, go to the whole team. We love the team. You know, <laughs> I think yeah, it, I think you're right, and it's difficult to be objective as well, obviously we're Celtics fans, and even though we would we would back our own team, there's a level of superstition that sort of creeps in for the more hardcore fan like like us, and so it's difficult to just say. Um, you know, without doubt that we would definitely beat the Sixers. Yeah. But I, I do think, and I've seen this on, on NBA Reddit, like if you asked any neutral fan who would be favored in that series, it's the Celtics, you know, 10 yeah. times out of 10. So It's just because it would suck the most to lose to them. Yeah, but you conversely, yeah. it would rule the most to win. And, you know, that, that exactly, potentially is yeah. in our near future. So, yeah. Um, hell yeah. All right. I don't have anything else, Jackson. Have you got any other final notes that you want to touch on before we wrap this one up? Uh, I guess we'll probably won't speak again till after the playoff seedings are set. So what do you reckon about the last two games, prediction-wise? The last two games... Uh, Grizzlies and Wizards. Thank you. So uh, the Wizards the game Wizards. is TBD on the on the schedule. So like, does that mean that they play that game or do they only well, play it if it has... Um, I guess they're... Sorry. Yeah, I guess they're eliminated too. But they, I kept hearing them say that there was two games remaining, so I assume we're playing them. Right. So we just play it out regardless of, of whether it means anything. It doesn't mean a thing, does it? At all. Uh, so Yeah, I guess yeah. not. Maybe not. Maybe they'll cancel it. Yeah, well, it, it, it is. Got one game left. Yeah, it is TBD on the schedule. So I'm, you know, I'm all about more Celtics content, and I'd love to see Traymont Waters and Carson Edwards, you know, take on the Wizards there. But um, bubble taco, yeah, bubble taco, <laughs> yeah, big enough to, bu- to bust the bubble. <laughs> I, I honestly love to see that. So I'll never say no to an extra Celtics game. So I hope that's mm-hmm. on in, in some regard, regardless of who we plays, who yeah. we play rather. Um, but the game against the Grizzlies, I'm torn between wanting us to win to to better our draft pick. And wanting us to rest everybody, so uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited for more Celtics basketball, and I'm I'm concerned with how quick the the bubble experience is going. Just on that, like the the regular season, quote unquote, is almost over, and yeah. then you know playoff series they last two weeks tops if they go seven games, and who knows how many of those we're going to progress through, and we're just sort of having Celtics basketball back in our lives again. And it's like, I can see the end game there already. And that, that yeah. um, is troubling <laughs> for my it's, psyche. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think I'm mentally prepared for the, for the emotional roller coaster that it is. Cause it's been, no. it's been so easy. So, so far, like even when the games you've been into, it's like, yeah, you know, the three seed, whatever it's about to mean something real soon. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's not good for my work life when, when it is. Cause every game's on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's man. tough. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on though. I can't wait. All right. That is going to do it for this one. Thank you for tuning in. If you like what you're hearing, go slap a five-star rating, a nice review and all of those little nice things you can do to support the show. Jackson, love your work, mate. Thanks again. Talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thank you too, Ben. All right, folks. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. The happiness that you mourn, you know the kids still dance, so we supply all the songs. If I'm wrong, you hit the super.